Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit us at unitechurchak.org. Now, enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We are still in a series called In His Presence, and today uh, we want to talk about how God's presence leads us into wisdom. Mm. Could you pull up, uh, just add this to it, Rodney, Hebrews chapter 1, and um, I just want to start here. The Lord kind of shift me a little bit. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Are we good? In the New Living? <clears throat> uh, I'll just pray while he does that. That's good. Father, we love you today. We're asking for your Holy Spirit to lead us into something unbelievable, far beyond what we could ever hope or imagine. God, we're praying that God, not our will or our own personal desire or our own understanding would prevail, but God, your will, your life, your best would prevail in our life. Holy Spirit, we're inviting you to minister to each one of us today, that we would get insight from you, we get a fresh filling from you, and God, we would just be brought into greater alignment with your presence and your will for our life, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so here we go, Hebrews chapter one, verse one. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets, and now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance, and through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. Or just by his word is what some other versions say. When he had Cleanse us from our sins. He sat down at the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. God does all the work and then sits down. He's like, I got this. Now check out what's about to happen. See, God has this unbelievable way about him that when everything in our world seems like it's in chaos, he sits down. He's like, I'm not worried. I'm not freaked out. I've got this. And in your life, my life, we go through chaos. We go through hard times. We experience trauma. We experience pain. We make bad decisions. And we pay for it. How many of you are like me? And you just haven't made the best decisions in your life. And then you pay for it. I don't know about you, but those are not my favorite life experiences. I, I've had some seasons in my life where I'm not the most proud of. I can remember when I went uh, off to college. I really felt like the Lord spoke to me that I was supposed to go to school. God called me to be a pastor. I needed to go to college, go to school, get educated, do it. I'm not sure how much the Lord was really in that, except he allowed me to go. And in my own wisdom and understanding, I began to carve out a pathway for me. And so what happened is, is that along the way, um, we moved to Seattle, and I had just been married. I got married at the ripe age of 17. I was extremely wise. I had it all together. My wife was like, wow, this guy, he's just like so wise. <laughs> 
I've never met a 17-year-old as wise as this man. So she married me. She's like, man, I got to get that guy. He's going to have a great big white beard. He's going to be like Gandalf. He's going to be amazing. So she marries me. I'm not sure that was the wisest decision that she ever made in her life. We find ourselves together in, in love. And uh, this is 1995. This is a while ago for us. And um, we ch- have two babies, like, kind of right away. Totally planned it. It was, like, really on purpose. We were like, oh, this makes total sense. I'm 17, you're 18. Let's have babies. We're totally ready for that. We were really prepared. We had a financial plan. If you don't know what sarcasm is, you're totally lost. <laughs> so you can look that up in the dictionary. Your friend can help you out. But yeah, we were absolutely not ready, not prepared, but we were totally in love. And one thing the Lord did tell me is that if I served him, Joni would be the, the perfect wife for me. I got that word from the Lord. That's what gave me the confidence to do something so wild. But It's amazing how, I don't know about you, but in my personal life, I didn't always apply that same principle to my life. God, what do you really want? There's times in my life where I just switch back over to just going, well, I think this would be great. So we end up in Seattle. I end up selling cars for some reason because my buddy who I just met, now he's like my friend, I trusted his wisdom. I didn't even ask the Lord if I should go sell cars. I just went and did it. And I suffered. It was so hard. I'm the worst car salesman ever. Maybe not the worst, but I'm bad. I just like to give everything away. I'm not good at like taking advantage of humans. I was terrible. So we're starving. I'm making no money. I'm making lots of friends, but I'm making no money. You meet a lot of people in a car car dealership, you know. And so I abandon that job and I get a paper route and I'm just like scratching. I mean, I is. Paper route was horrible. I get motion sick driving my own car. (laughs) So amazing through this whole season of my life. Then I end up with different things going on. I'm working full time. I'm going to college. I'm struggling because I'm not the best academic. (laughs) All my teachers in the past are like, that's true. And I remember I, 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 I snagged this job at Home Depot and I get in there, and I, one of my buddies is playing semi-pro football, and he's like, hey, you should be on the team. I go, yeah, you're right. So I try out for the team. I make this team. <laughs> now I'm signed up to play football. I'm going to college full-time. I got a wife and two kids who wish they knew me. <laughs> and um, um, now I start this job, and I think in my own brilliance and my own wisdom there. I don't have enough responsibility in my life. So I'm in this job and within the first two weeks, I start asking my boss if I can get promoted. So within three months, I'm now a manager at Home Depot and have no experience. I don't know what I'm doing. One thing I did realize was that through my own brilliance and wisdom, I was running my life into the ground. And I became so distant and I got so tired over a year and a half, 
I was barely sleeping. I kind of did the math as I went back. I probably was averaging less than three hours of sleep a night for over a year and a half. Some days I go two or three days with no sleep. And I thought that was a badge of honor, like I was doing something amazing. But there was something broken in me that would just, it just would not allow me to say no to anything. I had to live up to everybody's standards and what everybody I thought would have to do to impress people or be great or fulfill this or that. This weird broken thing in me was driving me and keeping me from pausing and just asking the Lord, what do you want from me? And unfortunately, that season led to really hard times in my marriage. In fact, my wife is at a point where she's like, hey, uh, I think I'm just going to pack up and head out. And that was a tough, tough spot. And I remember I was forced onto a break, and I had to sleep for like three days. My boss kicked me out. He said, you got to take your vacation, and I went. It wasn't because I chose. It was because I wasn't smart enough to choose on my own. He's like, you got to go burn your vacation. So we end up, we go kind of get on this retreat. And I slept for like three days. And I remember waking up and going like, what in the heck am I doing? And I remember getting to this point. I said, Lord, what I am choosing on my own is horrible. I hate my life right now. I've got this beautiful wife, these beautiful kids. I, I feel like I have all this potential before you. And the decisions I'm making are so bad. And the results I'm getting, I do not like. And I remember saying, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, I told you like 16 times. And he just didn't listen. He goes, I said, pack up your stuff and go back home. I told your wife this. She beat you over the head with it. You didn't listen. I was like, he showed me all these points where he's like, I was telling you all these things all the way. And I just go like, oh, no, 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 God. My wisdom is by far greater than yours. And if I'm, well, I am being honest, if I'm being honest. I am being honest right now, actually. This is not a story I like to tell anybody because I'm not proud of this moment. This whole season of my life was like, I'm being light right now, but this was probably the hardest season of our whole marriage. And God was running me out of my own strength, but the number one thing he was teaching me is instead of leaning on my understanding to lean on his because he had what was best for me. And it was amazing how when I just listened to that one word from him and said, okay, Lord, I'm just going to do it. And we just packed everything we had. People were like, where are you going? What are you doing? You're like, they're grooming me to be a store manager at this at Home Depot. Like, why did I even want to do that job? I don't even know. It's just something I decided I was going to do. Quit all the stuff I was in, and all of a sudden, we're back on the road, and we're coming back to Alaska. I've got three jobs lined up. It was like, within a year, I was here at Abbott Loop from that time, which is now Unite Church. And there's like, that one lesson that God really allowed me to learn the hard way, <laughs> he didn't, I don't think I had to learn it that way, but it was the way I chose, Unfortunately. This passage in Isaiah 55, 9 says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's thoughts, his ways are so by far higher than any thought you and I could ever have. I don't know why this was so hard for me to get. 
that somehow I thought in my own smallness of my brain that my thoughts could possibly be better than his, that I wouldn't even consult him. I mean, I can't remember how I made so many decisions in a row without stopping to ask the Lord. And it got harder and harder, and I got more tired and more tired. And I'm more and more ashamed of my life in that season of my life than any other season of my life. Even before I was a Christian. Because it's like I should have known better. I should have. I just, the shame just can come and overwhelm your life. But when we realize that God is the ultimate counselor. See, you and I, we, we go to a counselor when our life is all broken and messed up, right? We find a natural counselor, they got a PhD in front of their name, and we say, you're smarter than me. At least in this moment, I think that you might have thoughts that are higher than my thoughts. That's why I pay the guy 100 and whatever dollars an hour or the gal, 300 sometimes, right? Some of the y'all, you make some good money and I'm telling you right now. And I pay them so that they can allow their thoughts that I believe are higher than my thoughts to give me counsel, wisdom on what should I do next or how do I get through this problem in my life now? This is a really smart thing to do, by the way. I am 100% advocating for getting counseling, using a counselor, But I want to advocate that you and I, we seek the greatest counselor of all. The highest counsel of all is God's thoughts about you. God's wisdom about you. Proverbs 3, 5. One of the most famous passages in the whole Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. This is what I was doing, depending on my own understanding. I had such a strong opinion of my understanding. And that was the problem, is I thought my thoughts were good thoughts, were great thoughts, smart thoughts, wise thoughts. (laughs) And in my own arrogance, I thought my thoughts were higher than his thoughts. Otherwise, I would have consulted him. That's how I feel about it. How do you feel about it? Seek his will in all you do. Seek his will in all you do. So this is where I think we get a little off track. And I'm just going to lay in. We're gonna, I'm going to drop three really, well, I think good or okay, decent points today. Before we do that, I want you to think about this. Slow down your life a little bit. So we're going to look at this. Just slow it down and think about this. Not just in the macro things in your life. All the things in your life. You can seek his counsel. In all the things and areas of his life, his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. In every area, all areas of your life, his ways are going to be better than your ways. 
His plan will be better than your plan. And sometimes we get stuck in the macro thinking or the waterfall thinking of our life rather than in the small things, the agile moving things in our life. And we think, oh God, what's your will for my whole life? He's like, well, it's that you would seek me in all things. (laughs) And follow me just in every single step. Otherwise, you end up like your pastor who was in Seattle wrecking his life. I literally started going so crazy because of my own thoughts that I had this one thought I remember. I was so tired and I was so exhausted and so worn out of everything going on that I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just going to drive until it makes sense and I'm going to start over. Abandon my wife and kids, quit my job, everything, just keep driving south until something makes sense to me. That's how bad my thoughts got. And thank God, his thoughts intervened into my thoughts. (laughs) My kid, he goes, I wouldn't be here. He's like, that's true, you wouldn't be here if I followed that thought. (laughs) There's four other kids that wouldn't be here. Because of this, let me finish this passage. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you the path to take. Every step. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Come on. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing in your body and strength in your bones. God will lead you into good things. In fact, the best that he has for you, his perfect and pleasing will. We're not talking about how hard it's gonna be. We're talking about his perfect and pleasing will. You will find his joy. You're gonna find some other really good things here you're gonna discover as we go. Proverbs 15, 22 says this. Plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. How about we seek the chief advisor of them all? The Holy Spirit. This crazy thing happens in the Old Testament that um, for whatever reason, I mean, it's always God has these reasons. He's like foreshadows what he's going to do in the future, and he does it through symbolism and specific people's lives or what they went through. And so in the Old Testament, when he gave the law, he put a forward, I mean, a ton of all these, they seem wild things uh, from the way they built the tabernacle and the temple and uh, I mean even every cord and every stake and every piece of wood and the type of wood I mean all of it has meaning Um, and one of the things is uh, the high priest was to wear this thing called the Urim and it was this plate that they would the high priest wore it and and then the kings and the prophets would come and they would consult the will of the Lord using this Urim. There's a couple other things around that, but Joshua, when, when Moses is, is praying and asking God, like, who, who should be the next to follow him? He chooses Joshua, and he says, Joshua, he's a man of God. He's going to do awesome. He's going to follow you. He loves your presence. And then the Lord gives him this instruction that he's to consult this, the high priest with the Urim and follow it. It's kind of this bizarre little thing that I'm not sure any of us totally understand 
what was really going on and why. But this is one of the things the Lord was showing me about this, and that's kind of amazing, is that we now, when we look at this passage in Hebrews, we, in the days of old, they used to consult the prophets, and then we'd even consult this Urim thing, this, but the Holy Spirit is now the Urim in your life. Jesus is the high priest, the high priest who is the one who would make a way for you to be in the presence of God. Jesus is the high priest who wears the Urim, the Holy Spirit, for you to consult all the time, every day. And he says, I now live in you. See, in the past, and maybe sometimes our thinking is like, it's kind of like we have need this big event that, that, that was like in the Old Testament. We had to go back and get this, go through all this sacrifice and do all this stuff. And, you know, then that's what they had to do. And they really would make those decisions on the big decisions. But you and I, God says, every decision's a big decision now. And you have the ability to come before me every single day because I'm now in you. And I allow you to be in me. It's a crazy thing. And the Holy Spirit has now given us access every day that we could consult him to be our great counselor and advisor. Isaiah 28, 29 says this, all this also comes from the Lord Almighty, wonderful in counsel and magnificent in wisdom. Your God is wonderful in counsel. He is magnificent in wisdom. Psalms 32, seven, you are my hiding place you will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the ways, the way you should go. I will console or counsel you and watch over you. God is looking out for you. He's looking out for me. Psalm 73, 24. You guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me into glory. Sign me up. John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. Other versions say advocate or helper to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. He lives with you and will be in you. It goes on in verse 26, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. This is an amazing opportunity. There's never a day that you or I are ever left without his presence, without his counsel, without his wisdom. And there are some times when we get Maybe it doesn't feel like so arrogant. Maybe it, it, to, to consult his wisdom. Maybe sometimes it feels like we're just too scared. We're too afraid of if, if I don't have the full plan, 10, 12 steps, five-year plan, how do I know that this next step is actually going to work? Does anybody feel this way in their life? Yeah, I, can, I feel this way. But when we learn to consult the great counselor, the God of all wisdom, who his wisdom is mighty, it's majestic, it is unparalleled, it's, he is the God of the future, the beginning and the end. He fashioned you for good works with his 
intent in the end in mind, for you to be saddled in time and space right now in Anchorage, Alaska, when it's 10 below, so that you could hear his voice and listen to his thoughts and then apply them into your life and experience his goodness moving in and through your life by his grace. Not because you earned it, not because you're so awesome, not because you're pure enough and good enough. No, every single day you have that opportunity to consult the God of the universe who knows exactly what's gonna happen 10 steps from now, 10 years from now. And he says, don't even worry about that stuff. I got this. He's sitting down, chilling, hanging and going, hey guys, I don't have to stress anymore. I finished the work and I sent my Holy Ghost to, to be able to then speak to you, empower you to do it everywhere all the time. This is easy for him. So when he just says, just consult my thoughts, I'm gonna lead you into my majestic wisdom. Just take that one step and trust me. Trust in me, don't depend on you. So many times I think, when I struggle in this area, it's because I get afraid and I think, God, what's gonna happen next? I don't understand. The Lord doesn't say, understand me in all my ways, then obey and do what I say. And even when we talk about the Holy Spirit, if I'm gonna just challenge anybody in here that does, maybe struggles with thinking, oh, the Holy Spirit isn't for today, or I don't believe in the Holy Spirit, I'm coming to disrupt your thinking right now. Because if the Holy Spirit is just so simple and unneeded in our life that, that we don't have to consult him, I mean, why? Why did God send, say it's so important for us to have the Holy Spirit if he isn't all dependent on him? It's just all dependent on him. It is the secret to you and I and our success moving forward. And so many times about the Holy Spirit, we're like, well, if I just understood him and the theology and the Bible, the words in the Bible, what they all say about what I can and can't do with the Holy Spirit, and I understood what tongues was all about and prophecy was all about, or I understood it in my head. Good luck! Faith is not blind faith. It's actually understanding the nature of God, who he is in relationship with you, not everything he wants to do next and how he makes it all work. That's not your job. His thoughts and ways are higher than your ways and my ways. We don't need to know all that stuff. What we really need to know is who is he? He is God he is good, and he has your great intentions in mind. He knows exactly what's next, and even in your brokenness and your worst day, he can shift it like that if you just say, God, I want your counsel and your wisdom and not mine. But we have to see him as this great, majestic, all-powerful, all-knowing God that he really is and see us as extremely limited and finite, very valued individuals in his eyes. That he wants to guide and connect 
us in relationship to him. See, every counsel we have is an opportunity for surface area in relationship with the greatest God of all time, Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? That he made it so that we would always come to him for relationship. And then when we're there, we always find approval and love because he continuously loves us, not based on what we do, but who we are to him. Colossians 1.9 says this cool passage where the, uh, Paul is praying for his disciples. And he says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Again, in Ephesians 1.17, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Not everything, and all about how it all works, and it's all perfect, just knowing him. Three steps I want you to get that might help you out. Go to him when you have need. So we see him as the great counselor. He's the one that has all the wisdom. God, I'm gonna go to you when I have need, and I'm not gonna allow my fear or my shame to keep me from running to you. I'm not perfect, but you said come anyway. Jesus has got it covered. So I'm gonna go consult the Holy Spirit because Jesus, the high priest, has made a way for me. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. He will give it to you and he will not rebuke you for asking. Some versions in the NIV, it says it'll, he'll pour out wisdom on you or give it to you liberally. He just pours it all out. He's like, come on, man, I want you to get this. God is not trying to hide his will from you. But if you and I look too far in the future, we're going to miss the wisdom for today. See, the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom, mercy, grace today. He'll give you the grace you need tomorrow when tomorrow's today. But when you start overreaching, I start overreaching, we start to get freaked out. And there's no grace out there right now. The grace is now, to live now, to hear him now. He wants to meet you today. Your relationship to him today matters and he wants to meet you right now. And we are living out in the future and I do this all the time because I love to dream about the future. I miss today. but God will give you the wisdom you need and ask if you just go to him. Remember, he is the gas station attendant who wants to come fill up your car, your life, with, get, with fuel, with wisdom, and he doesn't take payment. You can't pay him to get wisdom. He fills need. God loves to fill need. And you say, I'm a needy car without gas, without understanding, without wisdom. God, come and fill my car up with some of that today. He loves that when we bring our needs to him. James 4, 6 says this, but he gives us more grace. That's why the scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives grace or the power of his Holy Spirit to the humble, those that know they need him. He draws himself into their need. Luke 21, 15, for I will give you the right words at such, and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. You can grow up in Nikiski 
barely graduate. Have a dog as your best friend. Talk to yourself 99% more than you talk to other humans. You can eat dog food. I'm just saying. You can get bumped on the head. It happened to me. You can drink the water next to a giant chemical plant that everybody says, okay. You can do all of that and still experience the greatest wisdom and speak the greatest wisdom on the planet. Because it's not you. It's not me. When you know where to draw on it, when you're needy enough and you go and you actually ask him, the first point is go and ask. First you have to see him as the right God, he is the great counselor. He's the one that you will get it from. And you don't have to be smart. I'm living proof. You have to be needy. And I tell you what, I am needy. I figured out real quick my ways are not as good as his ways. My wife is thanking God. My kids are thanking God that I figured out my ways are not as good as his ways. And when we learn that in every moment we can go to him instead of ourselves, for wisdom, he begins to pour out this wisdom that no one in the world can refute. James 1, 6, but when you ask him, be sure your faith is in God alone and do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave in the sea that's blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. When you and I Start to weigh, this is the thing. So this is, this is the first, the first point is go to God and listen. The second one, I mean, the first one is go to God. The second one is listen. Listen. Sometimes we go to God or we'll even go to counselors. And my poor friends that are counselors, I know I've done a lot of counseling, like, you know, like pastoral stuff, not as high level stuff as they do, but I get myself into situations where I like give people advice. And they're like, oh man, that sounds really good. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I go, yeah, I think that was the Holy Spirit. That's actually God's thoughts talking to you right now. And they go away and they do their thoughts that they had before they came to me with to ask me for my thoughts. I'm like, what'd you even ask me for my thoughts for if you're just gonna go do your thoughts? And you're already doing your thoughts and your thoughts kind of suck and they're like bad results. Why'd you even ask me? When we live like this, it's just like that we're unstable in all we do. Just blowing all around. It's time. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I got more to say. It's good though. There's, when we allow, when we stop listening, we stop listening. Sometimes we go for the wrong reasons. We go to counsel for the wrong reasons. We ask God dumb questions. We ask other people to pursue God. We ask other people for counsel from the Lord. When you go to counseling, you should ask them, do you have something from the Lord for me? Not just your thoughts. Just saying. Good Christian counselors are not just thinking about what they know. They're asking the Holy Spirit what he knows to help you. And we need that. That's body ministry. That's really good for us, right? but we're gonna seek him and then we're gonna 
listen. So we're not blown all around. Stop. The key to listening is stop thinking your thoughts are smart. This is a humility thing. Stop thinking and leaning and depending on your own understanding. This is pride and arrogance and leads, leads to resistance and restriction of wisdom and life in your life. You open up wisdom, you open up grace, you retract the Holy Spirit into your life and His presence is attracted to your need and your humility. And when you stop thinking you're so smart and you listen to the Lord and the Lord in and through others, all of a sudden, wisdom starts to pour out. And, and, and then the last thing is, do it. Seek the right counselor, the highest counselor of all. Listen to him instead of your own head. That's the point. <laughs> I just could go on about that forever. And the last thing, God loves doers of his wisdom. And this is my personal definition for wisdom, so you can take it how it is. But I believe wise people and foolish people have the same information, the truth. It's about who applies it. Fools know the truth, but don't apply it, get bad results. Wise people hear the truth, know the truth, do it, and get good results. So you can choose who you want to be. Go be a fool, Or you can be wise. The same counselor, the creator of the universe, is available to you every single moment. Here's how you know you're hearing from the Lord. James 3.17, but the wisdom of above is first of all pure. It's peace-loving. It's gentle at all times. It's willing to yield to others, and it's full of mercy and fruit and good deeds. It shows no favoritism is always sincere. When, the Lord, when you're saying, Lord, was that really you? Look at this list. Was it pure? Does it have false motives or dual motives that have selfish motives for your own gain? Is it peace loving? Is it bringing peace and love into the environment? Is it gentle? Sometimes we think, man, me roughing this person up, that was the wisdom of God. <laughs> Probably not. Is it willing to yield to others, listen to them, give them room and favor? Is it full of mercy and good deeds? Look here in John 14, 26. Do you know if you're hearing the voice of the Lord to apply to your life? When the Father sends the advocate or the helper, the counselor as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. And here is how it goes on to say in verse 27. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. Ooh. Do you want to know you're here in the Holy Spirit? Peace, peace of mind and heart. You don't have to know tomorrow. You don't have to know the next. God, what is loving? What is wise right now? Might be in a conflict. How do I help my kid through whatever it is that's next? What is loving? What is wise right now? You might be a kid making dumb decisions like me. Lord, I don't have to figure out all my friendships. I don't have to figure out everything going on in my life. What is wise? What is loving? Counselor of counselors, king of the universe. You'll speak to me as a knuckleheaded little teenager. As a knucklehead 40-year-old. Which tends to be me from time to time still. 
Lord, just tell me what to do next. I've been through some very difficult situations throughout all of my life, especially in leadership and ministry, and I've learned to become desperate on this discipline, to not know what to do next, but what to do now. Lord, just tell me what to do, what is loving, what is wise, right now, and then I go to him for the need, I listen, then I obey. I just do that, and then guess what? You're in a whole new environment. And then from there, you get to say, Lord, I'm in a new space. What now? What is loving? What is wise now? And sometimes the most difficult of situations you can navigate. No, not sometimes. Every time you're in the most difficult of situations, if you do this discipline, you will navigate them with brilliance. Because God is majestic. He is wise. And he'll never fail you. Oh, sweet Christmas. Obey, obey, obey. Let's just close with this passage. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding or do not depend on your own great thoughts. Seek his will in all you do and his presence in all you do and he will show you what path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. Then you will have healing in your body and strength in your bones. Father, we love you. We're desperate for you today. We're desperate for your wisdom, for your insight, for your truth. Will you guide and lead us in your presence into wisdom in our life? I'm believing you for breakthrough, that I'll stop being dependent on my own ways and thoughts. Instead, I'll be dependent on your presence and the wisdom that comes from your presence. Lead me from your presence into wisdom and into good things that you've prepared in advance for me. In Jesus' name, amen today you have met might not ever made Jesus the Lord of your life Bible says so simply that we're all sinners we've all blown it we've all made mistakes everybody has come up short and the wages of that sin the payment of that sin that we have to pay is actually eternal separation or death from God but Jesus Christ in his love and his mercy came and rescued us, paid the price for that sin for us. And he said, all I need from you, because I love you so much, you're so valuable to me, all I need from you is for you to believe, for you to choose, just choose me. And I got it. I'll cover all your sin, I'll make a way for you. You can hear my voice and experience my presence every day. You will belong to me and my family and nothing can separate you from my love. God does all the hard work and he just wants from you and I, to believe and to choose him in relationship. It's what makes love real, is our choice. If you're here today and you're like, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus in my life. I wanna encourage you, pray this prayer, it's so simple, from your heart, Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord of my life. I give you my heart and I give you my whole life. Come into my life, fill me with your presence and speak to me in Jesus' name, amen. You did that, the Lord says you're saved. It's from your heart, with your mouth, you're saved. I want you to tell somebody about it, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.